Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey everyone welcome back to a new episode of meet us at molly's this is episode 87 87 as always i am one of your hosts my name is gina i'm joined by Bryna. hello everybody we took one week off, and as always, it just feels like it's been, like, months since we've spoken to each other or recorded a pod or anything. Done anything. It just, yeah, it, it always feels like it's been forever, and it's really just been a week. Yeah, I feel like our Kate interview was 10 weeks ago. I know, it feels like a long time ago. But no, it was just two weeks ago, you know. Plus, it's like we act like we don't text every single moment of every single day. We talk though a lot. Yeah, but still, we're just like, the minute we get on Skype, it's like, oh my god, I haven't seen you. <laughs> I haven't seen your face in so long, Gina. I know. How was your Thanksgiving, Brenna? It was good. It was, you know, nice to be home, nice to see the family. Um, Yeah, it was good. Nice to be away, you know. I had come off a craziness, because um, everyone knows here that I cover sports, and so the Wizards had had, like, a five-game homestand, but it was five games within like the span of like nine days or something. So it was like every other day I was there. And I was like, at the, I was telling my grandparents, I was like, I don't even know. I was going by that at that point, what day, like what day it was by like who the Wizards are playing. I was like, oh, the Wizards are playing Cleveland today. It must be blank. I don't even remember what day they played Cleveland. But like I was going off it by that at that point. So it was really nice to like get a break, get away, and then, you know, come back. So that's good. How was yours? It was good. It was good. It was a nice, quiet day um, with my parents and the pup, and we went to a friend's house and watched the Cowboys game, and it was just a nice, quiet night, and then I was able to escape early, and I definitely came home in time for the One Tree Hill Christmas movie on Lifetime. I definitely watched it the next day. It was good. Um, It was perfect. I had a lot. I had... I had plot issues with it, or what did I tell you? I think I definitely said I... Oh, I had script issues. Your expectations for a Lifetime Christmas movie are way too high. No, it's not even that. Because I can watch the Hallmark ones with ease, although I do have some criticisms. But this one was just like, okay. At least with a, maybe it's a Lifetime one versus Hallmark, and I've watched way too many Hallmark ones at this point. But that one, it was like three minutes in. I looked at the thing because I was watching on my phone. Three minutes in, and they had already like gone to Louisiana. I was like, stop. That's not how this goes. You give it 20 minutes and then you move on. They were being efficient. Yeah. I also thought it was weird. Okay. One more thing about this and then I won't stop. I'll stop hating on it. The only thing I hated was it the Tyler Hilton thing. I was just like, come on. (gasps) Not that he's not good. But like. They couldn't have given him a character name or something. Like, why'd they have to call him Tyler Hilton? It just made he it was seem playing like... himself. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It was just a little too much for me. I if they had, If they had called him something else, I wouldn't have said anything about it. I would have been like, oh, that's cool. But, like, the fact that he was playing a version of himself when everyone else was playing a fake, ver- like, characters, I was like, no, this is weird. I, I loved it. But I Hillary... did... Hillary and Rob have great chemistry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Hillary and Rob had 
great great chemistry rob looked so good in glasses i love rob as a romantic lead and i i was reminded of like one of my guilty pleasure favorite movies that he's a lead in and i was just like oh my god what is this guilty pleasure movie you speak of flirting with 40 have you ever seen it no, I've never heard of it. Oh my god, it's based off a book. It's like one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. It's not great, but like it's good. It's him and Heather Locklear. Oh my god, it's so huh. good. It's so good. I just, I really, I let myself like fall into the idea that I was like, oh, this is just an alternate universe where Peyton and Clay dated and Rachel married Skills, and it's perfectly wonderful <laughs> and okay. And I loved it. And I did like Danielle and um, Antoine's, the little that we got to see of them. I wanted more of them. I thought that, I for sure thought they were going to end up somehow in Lafayette, like at the end of the movie, because of whatever reason. I don't know why, but like I thought they would end up there for Christmas or whatever. But I did like the little bit of Antoine and Danielle chemistry that we got to see. Yeah, that was good. It's just, and it's really good to see Danielle and Hillary acting again. Yeah. Because both of them took quite some time off. So mm-hmm. it's good to see them acting again. Yeah. But I'm not going to send you. I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to send you this flirting with 40 trailer if I can find one. But like, Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'll take a look at it. But like, oh, Rob in that movie. Just, oh, so good. Also, the uh, the reunion special after that movie was also perfect. I, I enjoyed every moment see, of it. I've only seen like 10 minutes of it. I didn't get to finish it. It was good. But I'm excited for Steven's movie, too. Yes, we've been so, like, the One Tree Hill fans in the world have been so blessed this holiday season because we had the Christmas contract. Chad Michael Murray was in Road to Christmas on Hallmark. That was earlier in November. It was cute. I think the I think the day after, or not Christmas, the day after Thanksgiving, Joy Lenz had a movie on, uh, also on Lifetime, Lifetime. Lifetime, Poinsettias for Christmas. Yeah. And then Steven's got one coming out in mid-December. Just goodness it's a one tree with Christmas. beverly mitchell my seventh heaven dreams being fulfilled i my seventh heaven oh so yeah i'm excited love it i love it but yeah thanksgiving was really good uh we both watched some television over thanksgiving didn't we elite <laughs> you guys so our friend tamar from the shipping room she started watching a netflix original called elite it's about these high school students in spain and just, I watched it, and then I made Bryna watch it, and oh my god, it's so good. I was already thinking about <sighs> watching it before you told me to watch it, but then after hearing Tamar do it, say something, like, incredible about it, and then you being like, you have to watch it, I was like, okay. So then I started watching it, and oh my god. Yes, that, that I, is I our latest recommendation. About it. I can't stop thinking about it. So good. So yes, Elite on Netflix, watch it. It's amazing. It's eight episodes. It's a super quick binge. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of our Thanksgiving. Um, I also watched Haunting of Hill House. That was not that scary. Scary things don't really scare me. I just kind of laugh at them. I'm not watching it because I don't like scary things at all. That is not my genre. Um, although I did watch, I haven't finished it yet, but I did watch one episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like, I mean, back when it came out, and I thought it was good. I just never got around to finishing it. Um but I don't think that was more scary as it was just, like, dramatic. Hmm. But I did not get around to watching FBI. I'm sorry, Gina. It did not happen. Brenna. I'm sorry. Life just, you know, life happened, and I 
did it. It did get around to it. How are we going to sneak in a question to Derek in the spring about Maggie and OA if you don't catch up? Okay, well, winter break. Let's maybe settle for winter break. Although I also, we were talking today with our friend Ashley, and I was like, yeah, but Dirty John, and which is like all the things. It's, I don't know, FBI will happen. Dirty John is good. The first episode was very, very good. Did you watch Eric it on Bama Bravo? Was that, I mean, that where you watched it? Like yeah, I watched I, I watched it live on like on Sunday night when it aired. Um, I was trying to and I, I've listened to the it. podcast. Have you listened to it? No, I haven't. It's good. I, I was trying to find it after today because I was just like, oh, where can I watch it? But like, couldn't really find it on on demand. And then Hulu was like, oh, well, you have to have Hulu Live to watch it. I'm like, well, that's stupid. That is stupid. So I'm gonna keep searching, but I'm I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, um, Eric Bana plays John, Queen Connie Britton plays Deborah, and Eric Bana plays a good creeper. Man, the podcast is really good. It's really, like, gripping, you know, so I'm really excited to see what's coming with that and how they portray the story. But, yeah, so that that's our uh, quick little television roundup. So moral <laughs> of the story is go watch Elite once you're done listening to the podcast. Okay, but can we, I feel like we have to give a disclaimer on Elite. It's... It has graphic sex scenes. If that is not your thing, do not watch it. Yeah, okay, yeah. It is, I mean, it's rated M. Like, just beware. And I watched it, like, on when I was coming home on Sunday, like, so around people. Probably not the best idea, but I did it anyway because I was like, fuck it, I'm traveling. Don't, if graphic sex is not your thing, don't watch it. It is pretty racy, but oh my god, it's so good. Oh my god, it's fantastic. But like, if it's racy, if that is not your thing, we warned you. Right, right. So, we like to start with the news, and I think that's what we're going to do. Before we go into the news, we should probably mention that today's episode, we're going to go ahead and cover the Gregory Yates episodes. Yeah, that might be important to say that that's I know. I I was just really excited to tell everybody to watch Elite, so. Oh, I'm, no, Uh, I'm all, I support that 100%, but yeah, we did not also, yeah. Yeah, so tonight we're going to cover PD-220, and then uh, season three episode, what's the other one? Um, hold on. It's 2.20 and 3.14. Of PD, yeah. yeah. So both of these, these are the uh, the Gregory Yates episodes. And we'll reference the SVU ones, or the SVU crossovers, but we're not going to talk about them explicitly, because they're not PD episodes, so. I am so excited to finally get to talk about Voight and Olivia, though. I have questions about this. Okay, well, we've got to cover the news first before yeah. we can get into the juicy stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. A lot of news this week. Um, first bit is Derek's last couple of Q&As. We've gotten some juicy bits about fire in there. So first bit of news, Gary Cole will be coming back. That is cool. Fine. It's Grissom. about time. You can only mention Grissom so many times and not have him appear. I know. And for all the hell he's supposed to be causing and he's just like MIA. Yeah. So funny. Uh, the winter finale of Fire. That is the episode that's going to air this coming Wednesday. It has Chloe and Lily sightings. We're hashtag blessed. Uh, we're hashtag half blessed because we know Chloe we know why no Chloe is yet. involved. That's true. So, so is, 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 do we get Chloe alive or Chloe dead? Well, we're getting Chloe alive regardless because even though she's injured, she's still alive. 
oh, please don't kill her. Please don't kill her. <laughs> I know. I, I swear to God, if someone dies in fire, I'm going to throw shit. And we'll talk about what Derek was teasing earlier, but, like, oh, my God. Derek teasing something? Never. Just kidding. We love you, Derek. <laughs> but I am excited to see Lily again. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen her at all this season. She and Otis have been together, like, what, two years now? No, she was just last year. They've been together for, like, a year. Oh, it feels like a lot longer. No, she was, like, mid-season last year. Oh, man. Because remember, it was on the pod last year that we were, like, we saw the picture in the back of her head, and we were like, oh, my God, is that Katie? Oh, and it was Lily. Yeah, because yeah. they look exactly the same. From yeah, the back. That's true. Yeah, so it was, like, it's been, like, a year. So there's also a Fire PD crossover in the works for the spring. So uh, hide your kids, hide your dads. <laughs> really just hide your dads at this point. Hide your dads. Uh, hide your high-rise apartment buildings. <laughs> just hide any family member, friend of value that's important to you. Yeah. Maybe lock them in like a fireproof room. Uh, <laughs> don't go chasing after a guy with you know while you're wearing a bulletproof vest that's under your clothes basically just don't repeat the crossover (laughs) but yes hide your kids hide your dads (laughs) yeah all of it also uh our good friend tyler is going to be visiting firehouse 51 once again uh tyler being stella's high school friend and kelly is thrilled and by thrilled i mean he's not thrilled (laughs) yeah it's about time. I feel like I thought they were going to bring him back like once like the episode or two after that. But it's been like six episodes since we've seen him. Maybe not six. Honestly, but. they they could have forgotten about Tyler completely and I would not have complained. No, I'm not saying they had to like they again, like you said, they could have forgotten about him. But I thought we had known that or it was on Twitter that he was definitely coming back. So I was like, oh, I guess that means he's coming back in like two to three episodes. But I guess not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was but floating yeah, around but... Twitter that he was like for sure coming back. And I was like, okay, fine. But mm. then he didn't show back up. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just, you know, and I've, I've said it all season. I'm like, just let Stella Ride live. Let them have their little happy space. But no, you know, Stella had to almost lose a lung. Kelly had to lose his dad. You know. (laughs) Things. I don't know. So, yeah. So, we also got an Ask Osiello, and he talked about PD. Bryna, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the question was from our listener, Carlin. um, And she asked the question just, like, what's coming up for PD? And so the answer from Osceola was, the question of how Burgess will react if slash when she learns about her ex Ruzik's relationship with Upton will be at the center of episode 14. In many ways, the entire episode is dedicated to that situation, showing her Rick-eyed reveals. That is not what they had planned originally, if I remember correctly. No, she was supposed to find out in six. Or that was a tease that somebody had said. It was like six. She was going to find out. I thought Ruzik and Upton were supposed to fizzle out pretty quickly. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is not where they're going with this, clearly. 
I mean, because... Yeah, no. The fall finale is episode 9, and this is 14. So that's five more episodes of Upsick, at least. Oh, God, I didn't think of it that way. And then, at this point, I feel like if Upsted ever becomes a thing, it's going to be finale at this point. Like, I don't see them just getting together in the middle of a season. Like, I feel like that's going to be a finale thing. Yeah. Right? Like... Like a season finale thing? Yeah, because if this is 14 and Upton and Ruzik are still presumably together, I mean, what's to wait seven more episodes for Upton and Jay to get together? This this Upton and Ruzik thing, like, I don't hate it, but I'm just kind of getting through it at this point. I don't hate it, but I'm I'm just kind of like, all right, is, is is it done yet? I just think at this point, it's like they're going for serious territory, but they're not actually there yet. Like, all the things that they're doing seem to be like, okay, well, maybe they're starting to get serious, but then they're still being casual. And it's just like, are you guys actually into each other or are you just being casual? Like, make up your minds. I don't care either way. Just make up your mind. Right. Like, either this is a casual thing and we're strictly hooking up or, like, we actually are into each other and we're going to be together. Okay, fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but, like... Just pick one. And we've talked about how we think Burgess is going to react to this. And I would like to think that my initial thought would stand true, that I I don't think she's going to care. But if they're dedicating a whole episode to it, she's probably going to act like she doesn't care, but then actually care. I think she, the only reason she wouldn't, I don't know. I think the fact that it's gone on this long and she still doesn't know that, she's going to be hurt by that. I don't think right. she cares that they're actually together. I don't think had they said like five weeks ago, hey, we're hooking up. I don't think she would have cared. But I think the fact that it's now going to have been like, who knows at that point, like two, three months. And she still doesn't know. And then she's going to find out in whatever way. It's probably not going to be good. And she's going to be like, wow, that hurt. Right. Not that you guys are hooking up, but that you didn't. You couldn't. You felt like you couldn't tell me. Right. Right. So. Oh, goodness. We also got promo photos for all three fall finales. So the two most noteworthy bits here are from PD and Med. So the PD fall finale, our good friend Laura's coming back. You called this. I'm so excited. You called it. It always, I don't know, when Laura comes back, it usually means she's pissed off about something. So she's just going to like come through and like light shit on fire. Yeah. So this person though that... Antonio has put in danger or whatever. I don't remember the exact wording from the description. I mean, it has to be Diego or Ava, right? And or Ava? I would think so, unless Laura's the one in trouble and Antonio is like, or because in the promo photos, Laura's up in his face and she is pissed. Unless Laura's the one in trouble and she's like, get the fuck out of my face. My only thinking is that it's going to not be both of them because we haven't seen both kids in God knows how long or in together in a scene mm-hmm. in God knows how long. My guess is since this is a PD episode, we're going to see Eva because Diego apparently doesn't exist on PD and Eva doesn't exist on fire. So, like, I don't know. And Eva's technically in college now, right? She should be like a college freshman. Is she in college? She was applying, what, last year? Was that last year? I don't even know. She should technically be Oh, yeah, because she had that whole, um, did she write an essay? Didn't we see her write a 
essay or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So she should either, yeah, she should be in college or, like, getting ready to go to college at this point. I don't know. The years, I don't know how the years work. We don't get holidays in Petey Land, so I don't know how the years cycle. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, Yeah, I would love to see Laura and Antonio eventually reconcile, but Laura is always so angry every time she comes around. She's so, she's never forgiven him for Diego getting kidnapped. Um, I mean. No, but she, I mean, she's so, like, I mean, she has said before in, like, the whatever the last time we saw her, she's like, yeah, like, I basically, I'm still mad at you for that. And, like, you ruined everything after that. Wasn't the last time we saw her when she came to get Diego from 51? Oh, yeah, and she was mad at Brett. Who can get, who gets mad at Brett? Like, Laura? she's adorable. Because she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's just mad at everything, like. I'm telling you, she's mad at Antonio forever because Diego got kidnapped under, because of something he did, or indirectly did. Well, what, was it something he did? I mean, I thought Polo Indirectly was... did. We need to go back and cover 102, don't we? <laughs> we should go back and cover that storyline. Because it was technically a couple yeah. episodes. It was like one, and then it's like he comes back at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do have to cover Polpo. Ooh. That's a good idea. We should cover that. We're going to have, like, a couple weeks where we need things to cover. We're going to have, like, two or three weeks. So I think we just covered – now we have two weeks covered because fan fiction and Polpo. Ooh, Polpo. That's a good idea. That is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere in these sneak peek photos, we got to see Natalie. Natalie puts on the wedding dress. She's, like, legit – Gonna get ready to walk down this aisle. And she looks stunning, of course. Oh. Did I ever tell you one time I got to wear a wedding dress in a play and it's by far still my favorite, most favorite costume I ever wore? Really? No, you didn't. Yeah, so in my freshman year of high school, I was in Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. And I played Hippolyta. And I got to wear a wedding dress, and it's by far, like, my most favorite costume I've ever worn to play. Nice. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, Natalie looks amazing. She also looks really sad, but she's, like, stunning. I just sad. can't believe we actually made it, like, okay, fine, we make it to a wedding day, fine. But, like, the fact that she actually puts on the dress, like, how far are we going with this shit? <laughs> Well, I mean, the fact that they even got to the wedding day is surprising to me because I thought for sure she was going to give him back that ring. I I mean, I, okay, it doesn't surprise me that they made it to the wedding day, but the fact that, like, shit hasn't gone wrong, like, the fact that Will is so close to letting her go through with it, and then I guess, I'm presuming he gets kidnapped, we don't really know, we haven't seen it yet, but... The fact that he gets kidnapped, like, that close to their wedding, that she can put on her dress, I don't know, it just blows my mind. It's gonna be insane. Med might be the most insane of the three, but we'll see. I mean, <laughs> Chloe could die, and in that case, it probably won't be I don't know. Insane. Leading into whatever, I mean, leading into our next thing that Derek was teasing to TV Guide, the way apparently <sighs> fire ends, 
So let's just talk. Okay. So TV Guide put out a fire preview for the finale. And the title is, Get Your Pitchforks Ready. Chicago Fire's Fall Finale Will Have You Seeing Red. And apparently one of the things that Derek's talking about with them is just the way the episode ends is apparently in such a way where most viewers are going to be furious with him. I mean, okay, but he said that the year that Herman got stabbed, he was like, yeah, everybody's going to be really mad at me. And it ended, I was like, I'm not mad. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be mad if they kill Chloe because, like, let Joe live. And Chloe survived the high-rise fire and you're going to take her out like that? That's not cool. Yeah. I think the reason I, I don't know, everyone seems to be mad at Derek these days, so, like, people will probably be mad at him, but I don't know. <sighs> yeah. But other things from this article... Derek is apparently promising that the accident that we saw Chloe get, get in um, from photos and stuff, or from the promo, is apparently the biggest one they've ever done. And again, we're not losing anyone from Truck 81 or for 3, or Squad 3, so Haas assures us that. Um, but yeah, apparently the gripping emotional drama is going to come from the personal lives, i.e. Chloe likely going to die, we don't know. Um... He, it's not right. Yeah, it's terrible. Apparently, also things with Sev and Stella are not that great um, because Sev is taking Sev is taking out the frustration on his dad's death out on the people closest to him, including Stella. Um, Haas says, you know, sometimes when he hits these emotional tragedies in his life, he tends to wreck things, and I think you're going to see the manifestations of that. <sighs> I mean, just don't sleep with all of Chicago. When is Kelly eventually going to realize that he should probably see a therapist? I don't know, but that's a great idea. It, I mean, maybe Stella can convince him, and if not Stella, maybe Casey. I think they all need to see therapists at this point. And not making a I joke mean, of that, like, I think they've all been through enough, like, I mean, Casey should have been seeing a therapist after Hallie died. Like, Casey should have been seeing a therapist this whole time. That's true. I mean, and remember after Gabby miscarried, um, there was, I remember there was an article, I think Monica and Jesse did like an interview together and Monica was like, you know, just because you don't see it doesn't mean they, I mean, they might still, they might be seeing the chaplain like off camera. You know, she said, I, she was like, yeah, yeah. I imagine that they would be. That's, tr that's true. But still. Um, and then the last thing from Derek's article that he was teasing, or from this article that he was teasing, is about um, Naomi and Matt, and apparently locking lips, because we all saw it in the promo that Naomi and Casey lock lips, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they get into something serious. Derek was saying, you know, a lot of people were like, oh my god, he's moving on, he's jumping into another relationship. I wouldn't, wouldn't consider this his next big relationship, Instead, there's a pretty good chance we'll see him play the field before lashing on to a new great love. I don't know. Okay. Uh, like you were saying, everybody's kind of mad these days. Um, Twitter, the, the, the amount that I've been on it, because I'm really trying to cut out social media right now, has been lit. <laughs> that is um, the best way I can say it. Is it's, Twitter has been lit. Yeah, I just... I don't know. And then in the next, kind of going into our last piece of news, there was the 
a TV line preview with Derek about fire in the finale. Um, and he said something similar. He called it even a fling, his relationship with Naomi. Okay. I I don't I don't know. Like, does this mean we're done with her after the fall finale and she's never coming back? Or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel kind of burned by the word fling at this point because what Ruzik and Upton were supposed to be a fling and here we are. Yeah, I so. mean and I mean like we I'm okay with the Upton and not oh my god. <laughs> Naomi and Casey stuff. Like I'm actually for it. But like, I don't know, I feel like they spent so much time like setting it up even though i mean not like a ton of time but you know they spent time like setting it up all for it to be a fling like i don't know i i don't know i don't know but the last thing derek did say is apparently in my guess is the spring because he didn't really say that it was in the finale specifically is we're gonna see a lot of casey and Severide together which all here for this Yes, they could give me an episode that's just an hour-long cigar chat, and I will love Please. it. Please. Please. Where is that podcast? The Casey oh and God. Severide cigar, like, just the recorded version of the Casey and Severide cigar chats? Where is that podcast? The, 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 the Severide and Casey Power Hour? Oh, I'd be so here for that. <laughs> but, like, actually, though. For real. Otis just needs to, like, relocate his podcast to the roof and then just, like, let Casey and Sev just talk. Oh my god, yes! The Otis podcast. I wonder if Otis still has that podcast. We haven't heard about it. No, I wonder. Man. Those were great episodes. The podcast. I'm glad we're gonna see more Casey and Sev, though, because if he's gonna push Stella away, Casey's the only one who's gonna be like, cut the shit, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. For sure. So that's good. Um, yeah. Did we have any other news? I think that's it. Um, if you haven't yet, go listen to Patty Murin on the Watch With Us podcast with Emily Longretta. Emily, as you guys know, does the Lord's work when it comes to this franchise. She's incredible. Um, but basically they had 20 minutes of just talking about Hallmark Christmas movies and it was perfect. I listened to it yesterday and yesterday being not the day that you guys are listening to this, but I listened to it and it was perfect and I agreed with most of their opinions about the different Christmas movies. But yeah. Were they talking yeah. about the movies from this season or just like movies in general? Like Hallmark Christmas movies in general? They were primarily they, they they primarily talked about the new ones from this season but they did reference a couple from last season as well i know one that came up from last season that i actually really like is um christmas at pemberley manor that's from this season the, is that no i thought it was 2017 no it was this season okay well it's jessica lounds and michael rady michael rady being from the show unreal that's how i know him i think he's been on a couple of other things as well but it's good uh, not my favorite one from this season, but not terrible. Do you have a favorite from this season yeah, so far? I do. From Hallmark ones. I haven't, the only lifetime time when I've seen is Christmas Contract. But my favorite from this season is probably Christmas Joy. Oh, with the cookie crawl. I did see that yeah. one. Daniel Panabaker and Matt, Matt Long. Long. Yeah, I really like that one. I don't know I, why, yeah, like but I too. really like that one. Or I did like, surprisingly, I did like the um, Chad Michael Murray one. 
I really like that one too. Road to Christmas I thought was very good. Have you listened to the podcast I told you to check out that's about the Hallmark movies and they're tackling all 37 of them? I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. I need to. It's very funny. It's called Deck the Hallmark. If anyone wants to check it out, it's very funny. It's three guys who are friends who one of them loves the Hallmark Christmas movies, one of them likes Hallmark Christmas movies, and one of them despises Hallmark Christmas movies, and they watch <laughs> they're going to they watched all, they watch all 37 of them and like review them and stuff. They were on GMA recently too and I interviewed them and they're great. So. Oh my gosh, let me look this up right now. They're really funny. And they're like quick. Awesome. I mean, they do, you know, and they have guests on, and like they're just—it's really cool. But like they got to go on GMA, and so they've kind of blown up in the last like little bit, which isn't bad or anything, but like good for them. Um, but highly recommend if anyone likes Hallmark Christmas movies, you should check it out. Oh my god, this is amazing! I'm scrolling their page right now. Yeah, they're great. Christmas at Graceland—that was a good one too. Oh Kelly yeah, that Pickler. one was good. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of them. Oh, I started, I haven't finished it yet, but Shoe Addicts Christmas, um, just because I love Luke McFarlane. I watched that one this past weekend, and I thought that was very good as well. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones from last season that I liked. Um, Miss Christmas, I love. It's got um, Brooke Dorsey. And, oh, she's good. Yeah, I do love that one. Oh, goodness. What are my other favorites? I have a couple. The only one I refuse to watch this season is it's Christmas Eve, and it's because I really don't like Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> well, as an actress, I don't know why. Brina every day. I don't know why I can't I can't take her seriously, so I refuse to watch that one. I just think the title of that one is so ridiculous. Like it's Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, that one. It, it is ridiculous, but it's a pretty terrible pun. Yeah, I mean, but these are Hallmark movies. Like, what else do you expect? Oh, I it's watched true. Christmas it's at the true. Palace, too. That one was okay. Lazy Chabert, isn't that one? No, that one is Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Candace Cameron Bure and Lacey Chabert, they're in, like, about, you know, a good, what, 75% of the Christmas movies, and then the rest are, like, other people. Yeah, pretty much. And then they rotate, like, you know, Lori Lo- you got Lori Loughlin because she's a star on a Hallmark show. So she's in some of them sometimes, and yeah, they've got their like staples. I just want to like live in inside the Hallmark Channel all of the time because everything's just happy and wonderful it's, there. It's so good. It's like the best time to be watching Hallmark Channel right now, it's just because it's all Christmas movies all the time. Okay, so who of the one Chicago casts watches the Hallmark movies? Okay, so cast or Natalie characters? Characters. Natalie and Will definitely watch them together, and they definitely love them. Yes. Sylvie loves them. Kevin, I feel like, would watch it every now and then. I don't know why. Just because I feel like he's a big softie at heart. He totally would. And then he comes in the next morning, and he's like, Burgess, I saw this movie last night. What did you think? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Upton does not. Upton's like, what the hell is this? This is ridiculous. Yeah, no. Upton definitely doesn't. No. Um, I yeah, feel like they're Kevin's watching definitely. I feel like they're watching it on the TV at fifty one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe not all the time, but they definitely watch some of them. Which means like Malch and Otis and Herman That's and Cruz and all them, they're totally into it. Oh, they're so in oh my god, I just had the I bet you they'd be so into Elite. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is the B story we need is, you know, the people at 51 binging a Netflix show. Binging Elite. Hello, the Spanish drama. Like, hello. <laughs> Foster probably watches them. She probably is like, they're cool. Um, thinking. Ruzik and Atwater have probably watched one or two together. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, Kevin is probably, like, all in on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah. uh, they're the best. Moral of the story is Hallmark movies are the best. But I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast already knew that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, we had a lot of catching up to do. I'm sorry, Shyhard. It's just, you know, we haven't seen each other on Skype in a week. Two weeks, yeah. Even though we had spoken like five minutes before we started the pod, but whatever. Yeah, so let's get into our episode and shift from the happy world of Hallmark into the psycho crazy darkness of the Gregory Yates episodes. Hmm. So, again, two episodes. It's Chicago PD season two, episode 20, entitled The Number of Rats. And then season three, episode 14, the song of Gregory Williams Yates. I don't even know where to start with this. Should we start with Dallas Roberts and how he was like the creepiest person ever? Yeah, let's just start. I mean, he killed all of his appearances, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, seriously, one of the best, if not the best guests they've ever had on the show. And really just, I think, the franchise in general. I still cannot see Dallas Roberts in anything else and not, like, tense up a little bit. Yeah. What I was really hoping for, I was telling you before we started recording, like, I started just Googling to see what I could find, like, if he had done any interviews about his time on PD and SVU, just because of how, especially SVU, I didn't realize he had done other appearances on SVU as Greg Yates, aside from these crossovers. Yeah. And because I wasn't watching live at that point, so I had no idea. And so I figured it was like, oh, my God, he has to do an interview or something. And, like, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And I was really wanting to because, he again, he killed it. And there was nothing out there. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, he is on Insatiable right now on Netflix. Is that what Insatiable's on? I think yeah, I tried to watch it, and it's terrible. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't know who, uh, somebody else is in it who I followed for a while because they were on Dancing with the Stars or something. I don't know. But somebody else is in it. And so it's somebody I follow on Instagram. And so every now and then a picture of him would pop up in my timeline and I would be like, oh God, why is he here? He was that good that like I can't separate him from Greg Yates. Agreed. Greg Yates was so fucking creepy. It's like the creepiest. I was rewatching these and I still was like, and I, I mean, I've seen these episodes 10 million times now. Like, I know what happens. But mm-hmm. it's still just, like, so creepy. Like, oh, my God. I, my fa- One of my favorite, being lack of better word because it's so creepy, is in 314 where he is, like, tracking Lindsay's phone at this point, And mm-hmm. he sends her the message in the hand that he's, like, cut off. And then he, like, she's, like, FaceTiming him or whatever, or this lack of whatever. And he is with his sister. He's with Nellie. And he's like, but he's like sniffing Nellie's hair as he's talking to Aaron on this FaceTime thing. And it's just so creepy. It's so good, but it's so creepy. And I'm like, oh my God. Every time I watch it. The thing I remember about 314 is that it was so stressful. In what ways? Just because. Because, I mean, 
it kept building throughout the episode. And then you were like, what's going to happen? How is it going to end? And he was getting under Aaron's skin more and more throughout yeah. the episode to the point that when she went after him, everybody was like, okay, is she going to be level-headed about this or is she just going to fly off the handle? Because now she's about to like get her revenge for Nadia. Yeah. Is she going to handle this smart or is she going to go void on him? Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. The... And it... Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, he killed it. Just killed all of it. All of it. Just, yeah. Probably one of the creepiest video. Okay, so in terms of villains on PD, creepier slash worse than Popo, or is Popo still number one? I'd almost say just because of what Yates did. Because I was going to say Yates just because he, I think Yates is more, is worse just because he killed Nadia. Because, like, Pulpo yeah, I think Yates is worse kidnapped too. Diego, but he didn't kill Diego. And, like, Pulpo no. also was, like, not creepy. He was just bad. Because like, he yeah. had his moments of that were kind of funny because he would, like, mess with Antonio. He's like, can, I can't do an accent, so I'm not even going to try. But, like, you know, he'd have his moments where he'd be like, come on, Antonio, you know, like. He would, like, yeah. mess around a little bit and, like, joke and, mo- like, poke fun when he was in the cage with Antonio. So, like, Popo mm-hmm. isn't creepy or – he's just a terrible guy. Yeah, but Yates was, like, Yates is terrible level. and, like, murdered and – no, Yates is definitely terrible or more terrible. Right. Because, I mean, both of these episodes were part of crossovers where Yates just basically caused all sorts of hell. Oh my god yeah can i okay while we're talking we're just gonna start i'm gonna start with this what did we think of okay because i i definitely started watching like after when i started watching live it was season four of pd so it was fall 2016 and at that point they were kind of done with svu crossovers because at that point they were getting ready to like bring in justice and so like they kind of had their own version or whatever so like we never saw svu again like what did you think of the SVU crossovers when they aired? Like, honestly, what is the point of crossing over with SVU? To show that it's one universe. But, like, it's not, though. I liked it. It was cool to see everybody interact. I mean, I, don't, I, I always liked them. I don't, like, I just don't understand what the point of it is. Like, they interviewed, okay, they inter- They did four, I count. I was, like, doing all my, like, SVU crossover research today. There were four total. There was one in season one, two in two, and then one in three. And then they just, like, disappeared. And, like, nobody ever talks about the SVU kids, like, ever again. Like, was it just to, like, give them some credibility that, like, oh, we can cross over with SVU. Like, SVU is this beloved show. Like, well, let's cross over with that. Like, is that what the point of them was? I think that was part of it. I mean, I, I don't think they meant to just cut it off after season three. It's just that it happened. scheduling for these is brutal, is right. what I've heard. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, PD's got their schedule. SVU's got their schedule. And, and they're, they're not even the to, like, same mix city. That and decide, yeah, who's coming to Chicago, who's coming to New York. You know, they say even, I mean, if scheduling is a logistic pain for all three Chicago shows, imagine how horrible it must be for SVU and Chicago, you know? Yeah. I just, like, to me, like, I was watching it today, and not just necessarily when the Greg Gates ones, but I went, like, again, because I have Voight and Benson questions, I, like, started going back and rewatching parts of the other ones just because I was curious, and then I started sitting there, and I was like, well, what was the point of these? Like, 
I don't know. I think it's also, I have no attachment to SVU whatsoever. Like, I've only ever seen, like, a handful of episodes. Like, honestly, probably less than ten. Like, I just, I don't really care about SVU. So I have no attachment. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is fine. Like, I'm like, what is the point? Yeah, like, I'm SVU not, like, does nothing I mean, for me. I like SVU. I'm not, like, I'm, too, I'm not incredibly emotionally invested in it. Like, I love Olivia just because I'm like, who run the world? Girls, you know, like, she's a badass. But, yeah, I'm not, like, super emotionally invested. But I like seeing the crossover. And, I mean, it's always cool when you see new pairings of, like, who works well with who. I mean, in season one, Ruzik flirted with uh, Rollins. And it was just kind of funny just to see. We were like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I do I do appreciate in the season, in the Song of Gregory Williams Eights where, what is Ice-T's character's name? Finn. When he comes and he's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we back in Chicago? You guys can't handle your, them yourself or all these things yourselves. And then Ruzik says some smart ass or comment. And he's like, oh, yeah, the middle school kid. Like, that's or something <laughs> along those lines. Like, um, Finn calls Ruzik like a middle school kid. I'm like, OK, yeah, because Ruzik is a middle school kid. Pretty much. Yeah. And then I, I remember in one of the crossovers, like Amaro and Jay were like chasing after this perp and both like jumped over a fence. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, it's cool to see different pairings and things like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I like them. I just didn't know, like, obviously, again, because I missed all of them as they aired. So like, I just didn't know if at the time they were well received or, you know, like what the point. I don't know. I was just questioning yeah, I mean, everything. With yeah, SVU they're pretty today. well received. I mean, it's just. Yeah, they're well received. It's just, I mean, anytime they would cross over, it was never under good circumstances. So the episode was always really heavy, really dark, even outside of just these two episodes. I mean, yeah, always. Yeah. So. I think it's also having come off of this season's crossover, I was going back and rewatching part again these this time. And it was like, you're reminded of like how they used to do crossovers where it was kind of like you would start with like, the end of the first episode would bleed into the beginning of the next. Like, they were all three obviously very separated all the time, or two or whatever for the most part. They were very separated and, like, segmented as, like, two distinct episodes that, like, you could watch without having seen the other one if you had wanted to. And then, like, you go to this season and they've just come so far with, like, how they blended them. And it was just mm-hmm. very different to see. So that was, like, also just, like, oh, we've come so far. Yeah. Yeah. So this first one, The Number of Rats, this was part of a three-part crossover. Started with fire, PD was in the middle, SVU was at the end. Do you remember what happened in the fire portion of this? That's how I usually remember each crossover. I'm like, that was the one with this happening in fire. So yeah, so fire was, the episode was We Caught Her Jelly Bean, and it ends at 51, like, with 51, like, on a call where this woman who we find out later on PD is Victoria Lewin. She basically, they find her because her house was set on fire and they find her and they see that she's been raped and beat and they had her nails painted green. So that's like the end of fire though. It's like the last like five minutes of fire. Of course they like find her and then they call in PD because they need to, you know, they see that this is more than a crime than just a fire. And then that leads into the PD portion. That's true. That is true. And I can just tell by that fire title that that's the episode when we meet Chili. <laughs> yeah, fucking Chili. Chili replaced One-Eyed Jimmy, right? No, they were on at the same time. Ah, shit. Who did who did she who did she replace? She replaced Gabby. No. 
Oh no, 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 no. That was way earlier than that. Um No, she Is had she no for place. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. She replaces Mills. <laughs> Mills, I miss him. She replaces Mills. Cause I forget that this is the end of PD season two, which would have meant that's the end of Fire season three. Cause I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, season two of Fire. That's Gabby. No, no, no. This is Fire season three. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's Mills. Yeah. So I mean, this also came. This came one week after we said goodbye to Mills. Somewhat surprisingly, because like I feel like none of us knew that was coming with Mills. So when it aired, we were like, what? So we had already been kind of blindsided, and then Nadia died the worst of SVU deaths the next week, and it was just, you know. Oh, my God. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it was just brutal. Um, should we talk about Voight and Benson? Where Where should we I, – I, I, what should we do? Take us somewhere. Pick something. Um, Before we get into Voight and Benson, should we just talk about, since, like, we were just talking about the first PD episode and that's where they accused Will of murder, should we just talk about Will being accused of murder? Yes! Let's talk about this, because we got feelings, Like, we joke about it, you know, like, oh, yeah, remember that time Will was accused of murder? I actually legit forgot that that was this episode, and that that was, like, like, I knew it in the back of my head that it was tied to Grand Gates, but, like, I was watching that episode again, I was like, oh, right! And then I texted you, I was like, remember that time they accused Will of murder? So remember how when they started Justice, we were like, how are, why would you introduce us to a bunch of new characters like this? Like, why would you introduce them to us by trying Atwater for murder? That's Still ridiculous. The worst. That was like the death of Justice right there. <laughs> and it's kind of the same principle here. We had just met Will. What are you doing accusing him of murder when we've only known him for like two episodes before this? Yeah, well, then the thing I thought was so funny that I forgot about, that Will was like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I'll tell you whatever you want. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not trying to fight it because I have nothing to, like, you know, I did nothing wrong. And then Jay's like, "Uh uh-uh, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, you're not saying anything. Lawyer up. Like, get the fuck out of here. I know how Voight works. Like, uh uh-uh, this ain't happening, bro. And I was just like, oh, right. That was a thing. That was definitely a thing. Just, I mean, I understand... Olivia being like, this is weird, you know, we'll just move back and the killings are starting again. And he knew this med student who went missing in 2004, which we've got to talk about, by the way, because the timeline is just weird. I understand, but Voight should have been like looking out for Jay and like having respect for his man and being like, you know, I think we should let Jay know because I feel like Jay... That's that's an interesting question right there. Would where would Jay have stood on this? Would he have covered for Will or would he have let Will go down if Will had committed these murders? I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Well, and at that point, it's a very different relationship. Like they're not very like they're not like tight as tight as they were. No. So like he probably wouldn't have covered for. I think if you ask about now, Jay covers with, for him without a doubt. But like back then, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Well, and then something else I forgot about too is when they're talking about this whole thing and Will's talking about how he knows Greg Yates. Greg Yates was a teacher of Will's. Like it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, he was a professor. Like. I, like, forgot, like, because you don't think, I don't think of Greg Gates as, like, the surgeon part that he was. 
Right. Like, I just think of him as the creepy dude who killed Nadia and, you know, caused havoc and yada, yada, yada. Like, I forget about the fact that, like, he's a surgeon and stuff. But then when Will's like, oh, yeah, he was a teacher where at my med school and I had him. And I was like, what, huh? Like, what? Yeah. That, that whole situation is crazy. But, okay, so Will was in med school in 2004. Yes. About how old are you when you're in med school? Well, we don't know what year of med school he's in. Okay, but, like, say... Okay, you're say in you med, med school. school. Hold on. As far as I know, med school is four years. I'm going to Google this just to be sure. Because, again, the timeline, man. Okay, so let's say... Hold on. Med school length. Hold on. So med school is four to four years, and then yeah, so four years. Okay. So, so you're like approximately like twenty two to twenty six ish, twenty one to twenty five, depending on when you graduate, but around that age. Okay. So then that puts Will in his mid to late 30s, just like I thought. Well, no, because med... No, no, no. Will's residency thing is all screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was a doctor, like, he was a doctor, a full-blown doctor, as far as I know, in New York. And then now he's, like, a resident again. I have no, I have no, they mess, I don't know Will's residency timeline. No, he's an attending. Isn't he an attending? I could have sworn in the beginning of Med, he's the chief resident. I could have sworn. Yeah, he's like head resident. After season one, though, he becomes an attending. Okay, but that still doesn't match with what he was when he's introduced on PD. All I'm saying is there's no way that Jay is older than Will. There's no way. Yeah, I refuse to. I know that that they kind of said that in. Oh, yeah, that was an article we read today that I forgot to put in the thing. But it doesn't matter because the only thing I we just seem to have taken away from it is that Jay is apparently older than Will, but we don't buy that. Jay is definitely younger than Will. Jay is younger than Will. I refuse to believe that Jay is older than Will. No, anything that says that Jay is older than Will, I'm like, this is a lie. It's a blasphemous. Yeah, because when when Will had his very first scene on PD, I remember it. Like, I remember. <laughs> Jesse tweeted, and Jesse was like, oh, Jay has an older brother. So there is bit of proof number one, okay? And then every single time it's come tweet. up. Hold on. Well, keep talking. I mean, you're going to have to go back years, but. No, you just Google. You I, just search it. I'll, I'll find it. Goodness. But I mean, every single time it's come up in a Q&A after that, Derek's been like, no, like we wrote it that Will is older. We wrote it this way. This is what we're thinking. Will is older. Will is older. And then even at con back in March, somebody asked, like, who is the older Halstead? And Nick was like, well, what do you guys think? And I, of course, was like, I will take this. I will answer this. You are. I don't care what anybody says. And Nick's like, no, I think you guys are right. Like, that's how it was explained to me when I came in that Will is older. So Will Halstead is older, everybody. Yeah, I refuse to believe anything else. There's no, the timeline, if you look at even like the snippets of timeline that we have, like, it just doesn't make sense for Jay to be older. Unless Jay is like 40 and he just looks really young. (laughs) Yeah, no. I didn't mean to rant about that, but still. We got off on a whole thing. But yeah, it's, I don't even know. 
yeah. Oh wait, I saw the tweet. You did? How did you do that? You type. I typed in at Jesse Lee Soffer older brother, and Jesse's tweet from March twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. Oh snap! Paul (laughs) said has an older brother. So Will is older. Please screen cap that because when we publish this episode, we need to post it. Like I found it. And then it's hashtag Chicago PD is back, hashtag Halstead two times. So Halstead has an older brother. Older. I'm screenshotting this right now. <laughs> Yeah. See, I told you. I could but yeah, they, they flat out accused Will of murder. And this is like one of the scenes that kind of led me to think I was like, Voight, does ha- Voight has no respect for Jay at all. No. Because like if he did, I feel like he would have given him the heads up. Well, then this is like, at that point, he definitely didn't have. But like, I think he also just has so much respect and trust in Olivia because he... Like, he was kind of hesitant at first, and he was like, I, you know, I don't really know, whatever. And Olivia's like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And he's like, okay, fine. And he, I mean, he even goes to let so far as to, like, let Jay into the room. So, like, that says something. But I think he mm-hmm. just, it almost is like, not that he, well, he definitely doesn't respect Jay at that point. But, like, it's, he just has so much respect and trust for in Olivia. Yeah. Which I have questions about. Let's get into that, since uh, that was a good segue. Let's let's get into Voight and Olivia. Hit me with your questions, Brenna. How did... Okay, I went back. This is part of the reason why I went back and watched the other two crossovers. Because I was trying to see... We don't know how Voight and Benson, like, met and became friends, right? I mean, I would imagine they met during the first crossover. Nope. No. So the first crossover... Benson doesn't show up. It's just, what's the blonde hair girl's name? Rollins? Yeah, Rollins and Finn. It's it. No Olivia stuff, like, mm-hmm. at all. The second one, it's Amaro and Rollins, and then she comes later. Okay. And then it's the first, the PD-220 is the third one. So maybe they, I'm sure they talked like before the very first one and she was like, I'm sending you some of my people. But like, they had to have been friends before that, right? Like how otherwise does SVU, like they cannot, that cannot be the first time. Like, they have to have a history, right? Like I'm not crazy, like. Maybe he swiped right on her on <laughs> Tinder. I don't know. <laughs> but like, they just seem too close and too good of friends even from when the first time she shows up in the second crossover that Mm -hmm. it just seems like they're just too close. I mean, and so that's why I was so curious. I was like, how did they become friends? And I was like, Oh, it has to be in an early crossover or an earlier crossover. And then when I didn't find the answer, I was like, well, shit. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, they're essentially, like, each other just in different cities, you know? It's like, right. it, it's it's like they're meeting, like, themselves just members of the opposite sex. Right, and so, but the thing is, it's not like one of them was ever in the other cities. Like, Hank has always been a Chicago guy, and as far as I know, I mean, my very limited SVU knowledge, like, Olivia's always been a New York girl. So it's mm-hmm. not like they would yeah. have ever been, like, 
friends from the police academy or whatever. No. No. I mean, I'm sure they met, like, professionally just between one of the crossovers and just immediately vibed as people, you know? But, I don't know. I just have questions. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, again, there is definitely a history there prior to the first crossover, and I don't, nobody, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of glad it's in that white space, because, like, we get to kind of imagine what it was. It was probably something super cute. Yeah, because I do, like, it's legit. It, Benson is the only person I would ever ship void with. And I, not to say that I really do, but, like, legit the only person I would ever ship void with. Preach, woman, preach! Yeah. Not that I, again, not that I do ship her with him. Because I don't, you know, we've not really seen enough for me to, like, ship them. But if I had to pick a ship for Voight, I would pick Benson. I am 100% with you because, yeah, she's the only woman I would approve of for him. But like you were saying, I mean, that the thing about, you know, him being a Chicago guy, her being a New York girl, that's why they would never work. Neither one of them would ever leave their city. We should look into that fan fiction. Hell yeah. I was just thinking about oh. how the fact that, like, every time you ever read a Linstead story and, like, it's, you talk about, like, the broader family, Olivia's always with Voight. Like, most of the time, it's, like, Voight and Olivia are a couple in, like, most Linstead fanfiction. If there is no Voight and Benson fanfic out there, uh, there needs to be. I'm about to Google this right now. But, yes, there probably, there probably is. Yeah, they're, oh, man, so good. I saw a picture the other day. Now, again, I'm not keeping up with SVU on a regular basis because it airs on Thursday nights now, and Thursday nights is when we record the pod. So, um, yeah, and so I, I saw, I've seen a picture of her with uh, Philip Winchester's character because you know Stone from Justice. He went over to SVU, right? Is he a regular there, or is he just, like, appearing? Yeah. Oh. He, he went over. He took over for uh, Barba, who was, like, my absolute favorite SVU character. I'm not better. Um, I knew Barba left, or whatever. Yeah, Barba. I guess that's his name. Barbara. Barb. I don't even know. Barba. Yeah. I, but I didn't know. I, and I knew people were upset about it, but like, uh, yeah, that's all I got. He was my favorite. He was such a badass. But now Stone took his place, which I guess makes sense though, because technically Stone's father was supposed to be an older character from the SVU days, so it makes sense. But that's just a Wait, he different was? tangent for another time. Yeah, his he was supposed to be the son of something stone from like back in the day of svu but yeah so i had seen a picture of them the other day and i was like are they trying to ship those two but i could be dead wrong i don't know i don't really i don't keep up with svu on a regular basis i feel like Um, i wouldn't be able to take be able to take that seriously just solely off the fact that in real life mariska hargitay is married to peter herman and then peter stone i like wouldn't be able to take that seriously no, and Peter Herman plays Charles on Younger, which we love. Yeah, but just because of the sole fact that her, like, Peter Stone and Peter Herman, like, I wouldn't be able to take that seriously. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so, I mean, Voight and Benson were perfect. And then, weren't they the undercover couple? Like, didn't they go undercover as a couple at one point during, uh, was it 220 maybe? Or maybe I'm thinking of a previous crossover. Wait, What? When Voight and Benson, they, like, went undercover as worried parents or something. Voight and Benson definitely do not go undercover as worried parents. Like, 
Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. Unless I was super drunk and hallucinated it, but I, I know it's real. I know it's real. I will find it. Wait, what? But it's a different crossover. It, it must be a different crossover that I'm doing. No, but I went back and watched parts. I mean, granted, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I definitely went back and watched parts. Okay, well, it can't be the first one because she doesn't have, she doesn't appear in the first one. So it might have been the one when Aaron got the concussion. What? Did I just go like too far back? Yeah, Aaron got a concussion in like season two. She got hit by the bike messenger. I don't and remember Olivia Aaron getting the, the concussion. Ass. But okay, Olivia's only in one other PD crossover. It's the season two one, which is the one that which one is that one? Oh, because you only rewatched the PD episodes, not the SVU episodes, right? Yeah, I didn't go. I've never seen the okay. SVU episodes. A lot of these might have happened on SVU. I mean, they okay. All well, if, so if Boy and Olivia went undercover as parents, it was definitely in an SVU episode. It was not a PD episode. Okay, so it might have been when Aaron got the concussion, because after she got the concussion, she came back to Chicago, and then Voight went to New York. Probably SVU. Probably SVU. I definitely... But the only SVU crossover one I watched was the one after um, the Rats one, the one where Nadia dies, and that was... I've never watched another SVU episode again. (sighs) Should we talk about Nadia? Oh my god, I don't want to, but, like, we have to. We have to. We have to. Poor sweet Nadia was just trying to surprise Erin for her 30th birthday. Oh my god, poor bit like, oh! And we've talked about this multiple times regarding who has died the most brutal death in the One Chicago universe, but this one is up there. I think it's still the most brutal death. It's bad. Because she was like... He kidnaps her, first off. Right, when she's like fighting, you know, not... I mean, he was always gonna win, because he's just... Nadia just wasn't as strong, but, like, she's, like, fighting for her life, and she's, like, you're never gonna do anything, like, Voight's gonna come get you, blah, blah, you know, and then, oh, my God, it's brutal. So brutal. And that scene when they find her, oh. Oh, my God. I've never got, like I said, I've watched that episode once, I've never seen it again, and I don't plan on it. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And just, like, I remember, like, seeing that scene and Aaron's just, like, crying. And I'm just, like, would you just, like, turn to Jay right now? Like, just let him hug you. Just just go to Jay. <sighs> oh, my God. It was a rough one. And she just, like, she seeing. She didn't deserve that. Well, no. And just, like, seeing her in these earlier episodes again. Because when I was doing research and going back, watching clips and stuff, it was just, like, she had so much potential. Like, think about where Nadia would be right now. I know. She'd probably be not part of intelligence, but she'd probably be a B-cop. Yeah. Like, kicking ass. Or I feel like she'd be good on um, narcotics, too. Oh, yeah. So. It's so sad. I know. It's just, it's heartbreaking. She was trying to turn her life around, and. I mean, I I guess, like, I get it, because, like, you know, they had to show that, you know, what they do has a cost, and Yates was horrible, and, you know, Yates was really, really horrible to the point that he actually killed one of their own, and so, but man, that sucked. I really would have liked to have seen Stella Maeve stick around. Do we remember, I mean, again, because I wasn't watching at this point, and I feel like we talked about it once, was that always the part, like, how they envisioned, like, Nadia's character 
was like getting killed off eventually or was that like we came to, like when it came to the time of writing the episode we we're like we're gonna kill off nadia I don't know. I would imagine it's more of the latter, though, that it was like a spur of the moment decision of just like, you know, consequence of the storytelling where they were like, you know. It's also something I was wondering as I was watching these episodes is if I wonder when they wrote the first one, when they wrote um, the number of rats, if they always knew that they wanted to like eventually bring him back and like have him go to SVU and like do all the stuff or if that was like, again, PD did like this episode did so well at the end of PD that they were like okay well like for the next season he's gonna go on SU like three or four times and then we're gonna bring him back on PD like if it was just like the again the consequence of the, the first part doing so well or if that was like always their plan I, I could see it being a consequence of the first episode them being like holy shit Dallas Roberts is terrifying let's bring him back it's just the way that I don't know like the reason I again the reason I thought about it is just that story is so layered mm-hmm. that, like, it almost seems like every part of it had to be crafted from the beginning. That, like, it's just right. so much. But then, I mean, again, I I mean, I agree. I think it's just kind of like the consequence of the first episode doing so well. But, mm-hmm. man, it's good. Like, all of it. Just, like, again, how it's, like, so layered and so complex. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, and I mean, going back to what you were saying that, you know, you haven't watched it since. I watched it once, and then the only time I rewatched it was when I made my friend Melanie watch it. Because um, I made her watch PD. And so when she got to that point, I was like, you don't want to watch this unsupervised. Let me watch it with you. And it was just as brutal as the first time I watched it. Is Mel still watching PD? That's so random. No, not really. I just, Mel. she just kind of listens to me yell about it. Mel. So... I don't even know what Mel's binging right now. She had told me and then I forgot. Oh, she watched Longmire and she said it was really good. Oh. That seems like a show she would watch, though. Yeah, she's got, Melanie's got very eclectic taste. I was just about to use that word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But. She's the one who was like, let's watch Haunting of Hill House. Like, she came to my apartment, got a glass of wine and was like, we're going to watch this. And I was like, all right, cool. So, yeah. But no, she, she just listens to me yell now. Um. Like a good friend does with television. So, oh, Nadia. Poor Nadia. She's killing it now on The Magicians. Stella Maeve. Yeah, with Brittany Curran. Just like our favorite characters of when Chicago passed all living over on The Magicians. Oh, I would be totally okay with all those Chicago alums living in one show. Like, get Charlie Bartnett up there. I'm cool with that. Then it would really just be like the OT3 of like favorite past characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nadia, for sure. Nadia, Katie, and Mills. I know. So, I mean, Nadia died this horrible death. Aaron went into a tailspin, as we all know. Aaron and Yates had a very complicated relationship in these episodes, and that's putting it lightly. Very, very complicated. I can't remember why he took to her, though. Is it because she was a female? I think it's just because she fit the profile of the woman he was killing in the beginning. Yeah. Because it was, like, 25 young brunette. I mean, it's the same reason – or not 25, but, like, in 20s, 30s, whatever. Um, And then Nadia did as well. (sighs) I just remember that scene in Millennium Park when it's just the two of them and he's just being super creepy with Aaron and just. I know. Oh, man. 
It's iconic. So bad. Oh, yeah. It's so iconic. I remember my friend Mia, she had gone to Chicago, like, shortly after that episode aired. And she sent me a selfie. Like, it was, like, during the day. And she sent me a selfie in Millennium Park. And she was like, check it out. Look where I am. And I was like, you better watch out for Yates. Like, (laughs) be careful. Like, don't go sitting around there. Like, he's creepy. Yeah. No. And it's funny because I I feel like if I'm – I may not have my, like, Chicago geography correct. But Millennium Park is behind the bean if I – am interpreting this correctly but we we never we don't really know because even though both of us have been to the bean i mean me personally when i see millennium park i'm like i don't want to go there i'm just gonna think of the crossover and yay it's like i don't want to see that honestly didn't even cross my mind i was so but i had also never seen the bean before so i was so into the bean that i was like oh my god i i didn't even think about the crossover (laughs) i miss chicago I'm looking, hold on, I'm looking, Millennium Park, I'm like looking at this now, like on maps, just trying to figure out where the- I mean, I could be dead wrong, I just like to talk about Chicago like I know it, even though I don't, I don't know. No, it's like, um, definitely, Millennium Park is, I'm just trying to find where the bean is in this map. I think the bean is like part of Millennium Park, I don't think it's necessarily two separate things, I think the bean is in Millennium Park. But I could be wrong. So, you know how Oxygen likes to show old PD episodes every now and then? Oh, don't. So the other night. Don't remind me. My mother is, like, all in on it. <laughs> so the other night, I'm at my parents' house, and there's, like, some episode from season three on. And Antonio is on a rooftop talking to a CI. And my mom, very jokingly, she's like, do you know exactly where he is? And I'm like, oh, hey, look, there's Navy Pier. And she's like, yes, you do. I'm like, no, but look over his shoulder. You can see Navy Pier. She's like, oh. <laughs> oh, really? We like to, I feel like they think I like know Chicago better than I do because of the show. I know. I, I really like to think that I'm like, yeah, I know where that is. I'm like, oh, yeah, Buck Town. That's where Lottie says. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I yeah. got. I, I, I at least can recognize when somebody mentions a neighborhood. I'm like, I know where that is. Or, like, if somebody's like, Pilsen, I'm like, oh, Sylvie used to live there. It wasn't a very good part of town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I definitely reference Chicago with this show. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, the very first time I was in Chicago was for a One Tree Hill convention, but everywhere we drove past, I was like, Sylvie and Mills did this, Dawson did that, like, pointing at different, like, landmarks. We drove past, like, the giant fountain where um, Brenton Mills had had a scene, but it's a, it's a huge fountain in Chicago. And I know people will probably know what I'm talking about just by when I say, like, huge fountain. And I just remember driving past and be like, Mills and Brett got coffee there. Like, <laughs> Oh, I think I know so. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chicago, we miss you. I miss it Goodness. so much. I know, I know, I know. So, yeah, I mean, Aaron and Yates had a cr- pretty crazy thing and just the way Yates was trying to like get under her skin in 314 like that whole episode was crazy and creepy and just nuts yeah for sure well and just like what we were talking about too with like the way that it ends and just like is is Aaron gonna go out of her mind and kill him or is she gonna you know actually continue to like think level-headed and be a police officer and just like arrest him and she does kill him but it, i think it's under the the guise of being you know a police officer she handled it correctly yeah no she definitely did mm-hmm. it was definitely not like i, mean, I don't well, watch that and think like oh that's aaron acting out of revenge 
No, I mean no. He he was didn't he have like he had some woman he was holding hostage and wasn't he about to like throw her over some like he was holding his father like hostage, hole. not his mom, his father. Oh yeah, and he was about to like basically send him to his death, mm-hmm. and then Aaron shot him. Yeah, that's why. It wasn't because of revenge; Man. it was because she was trying to save a life. Yeah, and that I mean, and Voight was there too, and like Voight let her get the kill. I mean, but then of course it begs the question: I mean, was she satisfied? Like, yeah, he's dead, but I mean, I mean, I don't think she'll ever be. I don't think anything, because I mean, at the end of the day, like the only thing that could have I feel made her make her satisfied is to bring back our friend, and nothing could bring back Nadia. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that I mean, yeah. My only gripe about three fourteen is that it was so Aaron heavy. Yeah. I was reminded, I mean, granted, these were both Aaron heavy episodes, so, like, it's hard to, like, think about that. But I was thinking about that, too, when I was watching, and I was like, wow, we've come a long way. Where, like, everything I mean, I- used to be Aaron heavy, and now, obviously, we get a little bit more, the wealth is spread a little bit more. But I was, like, thinking about that today. I was like, wow. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, we'll say it. We don't care. I mean, yeah, I mean, much love to Sophia Bush, of course. But, I mean, Nadia was killed, yes. And, yes, it impacted Aaron more than it impacted everybody else. But everybody else was still affected by Nadia's death. Yeah. I just I just remember 314 being, like, super Aaron heavy and being like, okay, but, like, you know, come on. Let's, 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 let's see other stuff. I, I, I just, yeah, I remember feeling like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Aaron and Yates was crazy. Um, Aaron and Olivia had a really good relationship. Yeah, something that, I mean, everyone recognized. I mean, I think Voight said it best. I think it was in 314 when he was like, I wish you were here more often. You'd be good for Aaron. Well, duh, because she's like a better version of Voight. Benson, Olivia. I like to think that Aaron and Olivia get together quite a bit in New York. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's everyone's head canon. Yeah, I, I like to think that Olivia sees a lot of Aaron. Yeah. Especially if she's like, I mean, if we talked about this, do we think Lindsay's still in contact with Voight? Um, not very often, but yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Benson is Aaron's new Voight, New York Voight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think Voight probably only gets in touch with her when he has to, like with the Olinsky stuff. Which is sad. So sad. I know. So, so sad. But, yeah, they, I mean, they had a great relationship. And again, it's just one of those things where it's like the downside of doing the crossovers with SVU is that, like, you see it and it's great and then you never get any kind of, like, you can, you never get any more of it. Like, you only ever get it when yeah. they cross over with us for you. Which, I guess, again, is, like, the beauty of it, but also the downside of it. It's, like, I was, like, oh, I wish I could get more, but, like, you can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, side note, I think in 220, we got the only scene we've ever gotten of Casey on PD. Yes, Casey is on PD in that thing. Is that the only time he's ever been on PD? I feel like that's the only time he's ever been Let's on PD. take to Google. I'm going to Google this. Hold on. I could be wrong. And the only other thing I'm thinking of is the first time that explodes. And 
it's like the PD portion and Antonio's running down the stairs as Casey's like running up or something and they cross paths briefly. And Antonio's like, oh, yes. by the way, how's my sister? Yes, yes, he is. But I'm about to Google this to see if there were any more times. But yes, he is definitely on PD at that point. Let's see. Let's IMDB this shit. Hold on. Give me a second. Jesse Spencer. Also, if they answer your question about the Olivia and Voight fan fiction, there is some in the crossover section of fan fiction. There's like at least 80 something. So like there are some. I'm sure there are some in other places too. Oh, cool. We'll be deep diving into that before hiatus. Okay. So no, he's been in. Okay. So it was the first part, the first time Med blew up. And then the number of rats. And then he's been in three more since then. Three? Yeah. The Silos, which is a 2016 episode. Don't bury this bury, bury this case, which is a 2017 episode. And then he was in one in 2018. Was he in the crossover? Hold on, I'm checking. So he's... I'm like thinking back there. Oh! He's in, four, well, he's no, in he... 401. He's in the first episode of season four. He's in 409, which is when Severide gets arrested yes. for, you know, the crash. And then yeah, he's yeah. in 516, which is last year's crossover. And I remember 401 because that was when he, you know, he like basically talked to Voight and was like, I'm really sorry for your loss about Justin. Oh, yeah, 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 I also, now that I'm said that he's in 401, I was also just remembered because there was, like, a, like, what we call, like, our, you know, back-to-school photos thing, like, when they first started filming that episode, and it was him, and I want to say maybe Eamon, but, like, with all the PD, with PD people, and I was like, oh, it's a cute photo. But, yeah, so he's been in five PD episodes, including Number of That's- Rats. That's a lot of, that's a lot more Casey than I recall on PD. Yeah, I, like, definitely did not remember that. And, like, I don't even remember why I didn't think about last year's crossover. But, like, duh, of course he was in last year's crossover. But. Huh. Yeah. He's also been in two med. We've also seen him on med twice, which I feel like. He was in the crossover this past one. And then he was in one in 2017. He was? He was in, hold on, I'll tell you, called Cold Front. He was in 214. I don't remember that. Okay. In a blizzard. In a blizzard. (laughs) That's what the episode's about. There was a multi-vehicle. Oh, there was a multi-vehicle accident. That makes sense. Oh, okay. He's just so elusive. It's like, you only see Casey on fire, and then it's like, it's like, where's Waldo on the other shows? You're just like, oh, is that him? I just saw a blonde, like, blob walk past the screen. Okay, not as bad as Ruzik. Ruzik's still never been on med. Oh, you are, you are correct. Or at least not Ruzik's that we're aware. Ruzik's on... still never been on med. I'm about to Google this while I'm I can too. recall, I can only recall two fire episodes that he's been in. Hold on. While I'm on IMDb, let's just do this. Let's just set the record straight. Let's see. No. Okay, so yeah, he's never been on med. He's been on six fire episodes? I remember the one where he was trying to, like, help Casey solve something. And then, of course, this past crossover. Okay. Or no, not this past one. The one last year. 
When he helped Gabby and yeah, Brett yeah, yeah. get so, out of that house. That one. He's in 305, the nuclear option. He's in the med backdoor pilot, which I do remember because we talked about it. He is in that, yes. He's in, uh, hold on, 409, which is definitely where Herman gets stabbed, but okay. He's in 409, and we'll see. 410 and 414. So he was in fire a lot in season four. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. We also had a Burzik moment in 314. We did get ourselves a Burzik moment, and I just, oh, it broke my heart. Is this the one, okay, this is what I'm thinking of, and I could be wrong. Is this the one when Burgess and Roman basically crash their car, and it's because Boyd didn't tell them something, and one of them is super pissed, and then Roman's like, or Ruzik's like, oh my god, are you okay? No, that's not it. There was no car crash, no. It's like when, in 314, where, when Aaron gets that package I was telling you about that has, it really ends up being a hand, but they think it's the bomb. So they evacuate, they evacuate the district. That's what I'm looking for. And then Ruzik sees her outside and is like, are you okay? And then she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then they just like have this moment and then he walks away and that's it. He loves her. I know. He still loves her. God damn it. He still loves her so much. No, like. A lot. I need a moment kind of similar to Friends where, like, he calls Haley Kim and, like, doesn't mean to. And then she gets super awkward and uh, he still loves her. And, like, I just forgot, like, I, you know, like, they would have broken off their engagement, like, maybe three, four, five episodes earlier than this. And, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, right after they broke off their engagement. Just like, ugh. I mean, I'm telling you, the thing that always gets me with them is, like, I always just want to, like, every time I see Berzik on screen, I just want to, like, slap whatever table I'm in front of and be like, they were engaged! Like, you don't just up and forget about that and go to being casual friends. They were engaged! Like, there's baggage and feelings there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like we for, like haven't talked about the fact that Ruzik, like, how has it never been brought up, now that I'm thinking about this, with his rough, I mean, I guess because they're casual, but how is it with his relationship with Upton, his engagement, or engagements, any of them, like, ever not been brought up? Uh, yeah, exa- uh, yeah, I know. They're probably, I mean, I would like to think that, or not even that I would like to think, I would imagine that Haley and Adam are like, yeah, we're keeping this casual. And, like, the more they say that, the more serious it's getting. But even if they get serious, you cannot tell me that Burzik and Ruzik, or Burzik, Burgess and Ruzik are not endgame. They're endgame. No, I know. But I know that I'm thinking about it. Do we think Upton knows that Burgess and Ruzik were ever a thing? Like, ever? Not even the fact they were engaged, but just, like, a thing? No, she knows, because remember, she asked him about it. Um, that first episode, they started hooking up. She's like, what's going on with you and Burgess? And he's like, oh, you know, she's a great girl, blah, 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 whatever. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I already blocked that out of my mind, yeah. clearly. So she knows, but I, 
does she know that they were engaged? I mean, that's a question. But I mean, no matter how serious Ruzik and Upton become, you can't tell me that they have a greater love than Burgess and Ruzik. You can't tell me that. It's just it's like Will being no. the older brother. Like, it's just a fact. Yeah. We're very like ranty tonight. I don't know. I know. We're just like everything that comes up, like we've related it back to some other issue we've had with this franchise. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we had a Berserk moment. It was awesome. Yates is a creepy McCreeperson, but we don't have to worry about that because he's dead now. Um... The thing that I thought was interesting that we haven't talked about yet is just. The Yates backstory from 314, when you find out about, like, the reason why he did the murders, too, because of his family story, which is, like, so fascinating. It's dark. Right, because, like, at a young age, you know, he exhibits this disturbing behavior. He was born in Chicago, and then he... I mean, like, the fact that, like, he would bring in dead animals into the house, and even, like, at four years old is trying to light his basement on fire... And then, so when the mom gets pregnant with Nellie, they're like, yeah, we can't keep this kid. And then they give him away. Or, like, yeah, they give him away so that he can be adopted. And, like, basically, because his they, Yates saw his that as his mom abandoning him, he, like, basically grew up hating her and, like, all the other women. It's just crazy. It's so dark. Yeah. Oof. It's insane. And then again, like I said... Then I haven't seen. Did you ever watch the SVU episodes that weren't crossovers but had Yates in them? I watched one of them, um, and it was after Nadia died. I didn't know that there were three. There's. But hold I did on. Watch one. Hold on. I'll tell you. Or maybe no, there's two. two there's like two, two more in addition to the like nationwide manhunt, which is the first part of the crossover. So I've seen one of them and. It was basically where, like, they thought that Yates might have been committing more crimes, but then it turned out that it was, like, the mortician or somebody that they had worked with before in New York, and, like, it was, it was a whole crazy thing. But, yeah, they found her, and then I think it was where Yates's wife died in that episode, if I remember correctly, but... Yeah, I've seen one of them, and it was just kind of like, it was typical Yates doing typical Yates things. Um, they mentioned Will once in passing. They were like, yeah, because, like, remember, he had committed those murders that we thought Will Halstead had committed. And I was like, oh, very casual way to bring up that you suspected Will of murder. Um, but, yeah, I'd seen one of them. Yeah, there was two. And, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know that until I started, like, doing the research for this. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. They have it on this. So I, like, have just because, like, to keep all the Yates facts straight because there's a lot um, on this, like, Wikipedia. Or it's, like, the Law & Order fan Wikipedia page or whatever for Greg Yates. They have a timeline or as best as they can, like, a timeline of known victims of from Yates. Wow. Oh, my God. It's so long. Ooh, I got to see that. I'll send you the link so you can look at it. Yeah, I'll have to. And they, like, have dates as best they could. Oh, my God. It's insane. (laughs) So, do we have any other things about the Yates episodes that we wanted to cover? No, I think that's it. I mean, it was a doozy. Yates was a hell of a character. He was. And I think this is... 
I mean, granted, they're crossovers, but, like, I think this is, like, some prime PD stuff. This is, like, PD. Not that PD's, again, not that PD's not good now, because it is. But, like, this is, like, PD in its prime. Yeah, I agree. Like, both of these episodes. It's, like, PD in its prime. I do agree. Yeah. So, as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. It's meetusatmollies at gmail.com. Guys, it doesn't even have to be Chicago-related. Clearly, as this episode shows, we talk about a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we watch a million other shows because both of us love TV in addition to the one Chicago franchise. We watch a million things. Email us anytime about that. I mean, we live in a crazy, insane, dark world. So whatever you guys want to talk about, our email is a safe space. We mean that. Please feel free to message us anytime. Um... If you like the show, which we really hope you do, even though we were kind of wheels off tonight and talked about Hallmark movies and Elite and everything else stuff. I mean, yeah, um, please subscribe and rate the podcast on rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We would love that and appreciate it so, so much. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. Uh, yeah, so. We also have a surprise for you listeners. Um, Our episodes next week recapping the fall finales will drop immediately after the airings of the fall finales. So stay tuned at the end of the stay tuned at the end of all three shows next Wednesday because our episode will drop immediately afterwards. But yeah, that is about all we've got. So everybody have a good weekend and we will see you then. Bye.